Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back to Nerd Talk. We are so excited to usher in 2022 with one of our favorites, Young Justice Season 1. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things with this, so guys, hang on tight. We're, we are so, so excited to get this one underway. Hey guys, welcome back to Nerd Talk. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead. Uh, this week, I've got Casey and Levi coming back. Man, it has been a while since I've had you guys on here. Thanks for coming back, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. welcome. All right, so like we said in the intro, today is uh, Young Justice. We're talking season one. Some of the things that we're going to start doing with 2022 is we are going in and we're going to start breaking down some of our favorite shows season by season. We're going to give you guys encouragement behind certain shows and some of the things to look out for because some of the storylines, sometimes the longer a show goes, the worse it gets. Sometimes it gets even better. So we're going to talk about one of our favorites. We've talked about this episode before. Uh, last year we talked about Young Justice with the episode Today is the Day, and make sure you go and check that one out. Uh, but we talked about the show as a whole, and now we're at season four. Um, so we're going to talk about season one specifically today. Um, what did you guys think about season one uh, just as an entire season? There were 20-some episodes. Uh, what did you guys think about this epi or this uh, season? Um, I really liked the season. It, um, one thing I really liked, it showed kind of how the superheroes became a team. Um, every episode seemed to have some sort of aspect of like some relationship between two of the characters. And so that's what I really liked. It was different than most superhero shows where they already start out as a team and they're just going out on missions and doing a mission that's solved in 30 minutes and then bada bing, bada boom, done with that episode. I think what's and, really cool um, about that is when you see like Young Justice versus like old school Justice League um, and Teen Titans, like they were very, hey, this is how the episode goes. And like maybe they would do like two or three episode arcs. But this one kind of felt very different than a normal cartoon. It was more of a like a live action reality show where it just it, the, there was a story for the whole season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can see it from just the beginning. The first episode, spoiler alert here, you've got four ice villains that end up coming back later for another episode who have teamed up together at that point and another episode after that. So I think what was cool was with that specific thing, you see the, the villains um like you forget about them a little bit by the time they show back up. And so it's, it's mm -hmm. one of those like, Hey, we we're, we're pulling back on that old thread, um, which I think is yeah. really, really cool. What about you, Levi? what do you think about season one? So season one is what really starts everything for the show. And it started so well, it right off the bat, it had the sidekicks quote unquote, basically, saying no we're we're heroes we deserve more than just a tour of the justice league headquarters we should be treated as adults but then they immediately go into being like not working well as a team not knowing how to work as a team because they've only worked respectively with one other superhero so yeah. they're the entire time it's like this is showing something that we haven't seen and I loved it because it was showing the struggle of teenagers figuring out life and how to work together as a team. 
I would push back a little bit with with the like just the one on one mentor. Um, I think that because they all knew each other, they may have had like some crossings in the background. Like, hey, like kind of like, hey, I've got Kid Flash and you've got Robin. Like, we're gonna team up against whoever villain. And I think that there were some crossovers, but not enough for them to to fully become that yeah. team. And you can really see it, like especially in episode one, where first thing that happens is they're like, okay, here's what we're gonna. Oh, Robin's already gone. Yeah. And yeah. it's because he works with Batman where he has to know what he has to just act. And then there's Kid Flash who he's Kid Flash. He runs ahead. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, he's gone. Yeah. And then there's Aqualad who's like, wait, guys, what are we doing? And is struggling just to get people to communicate. And then obviously Superboy who doesn't listen to anyone in the first couple episodes because he's just so angry and doesn't he's never had to work with anyone. Yeah, he he literally has never had anyone, and I I think that those four as like the the starting four for that first two part episode, I think that was a great pick. Um, and I know that there might be some pushback, especially like because it's, I mean, it's over ten years old now. Um, I think that there's there's a little bit of pushback that may be like, well, why didn't you put a girl in there? Well, okay, let's think about it. Would it have been a little bit more fun to have more teenagers? Yeah, but how much like truth is there that you have a bunch of teenage boys trying to figure something out and like they struggled. Um, and then there was like, Oh, brute force. Oh, Hey, no, try this, try this. And like, they couldn't figure it out. And how often like in our own lives, 10 years ago when we were high schoolers, um, how crazy would it have been to like say, Hey, you don't really know each other well enough. Like you haven't done all this, go do a group project. Like we all have our different parts and, and we all go at it different ways. Um, and I think that a girl would have been like, Hey, all right, idiots let's get this thing on the on like all together <laughs> like she would have just came in and said all right boys like stop being stupid let's do this um and i think that it was done really well to have those four uh sidekicks right there um they're also some of the more prominently known sidekicks yes, yes. yeah in pop um, culture and i think that you know marvel versus dc like marvel doesn't have a lot of like well-known sidekicks like bucky has kind of become a very well-known sidekick sam uh wilson was a was a fairly well-known sidekick um but not many past that i mean there, there's a few here and there but marvel's not your sidekick place um dc is very sidekick like everybody has the sidekick um there's these teenage heroes who oh i've got lightning powers and you've got lightning powers which we see in season two at the end um where you start to see like connection points um and they start to do a lot of mentoring um versus how marvel just kind of doesn't do that near as often um which I think is cool, um, but seeing, as you said, these are the more prominent heroes um, and their sidekicks, um, which I think is really, really cool. So, And then, even okay. with the other sidekicks, they, at the end of episode two, and they're, in, they're giving the team, they're like, hey, this is going to be your headquarters, Mount Justice. Also, here's Miss Martian. Yeah. John Jones' niece. And it's like, we had never heard of her before and they just kind of threw this new character in We're like whoa okay cool yeah for your for your non-avid comic book reader yeah like we had no idea and, and for us like we had just really started into that world around that same time yeah. um and i think what's really cool is like even today miss martian is not used near enough um she's she's not she, even like comic books even I martian mean, manhunter oh martian manhunter is so underused um he <laughs> is he's such a beautiful character like all the way around. He he deserves a lot more more love than he gets. Um, but from the, the original six, because eventually we get Artemis, 
um, as well, which is uh, the quote-unquote Green Arrow's niece, um, who we we, <laughs> we run through that uh, through the season. Um, and out then of, partially in season one, we also have Zatanna. Well, yeah, and Zatanna, and then you're at the last episodes, uh, you have Rocket as well. So let's let's say mm-hmm. of these eight, who was your favorite of these members and why? Um, and Levi, I'm going to go ahead and start with you, bud. Oh, Superboy. Hands down. <laughs> As he had in a the Superman most conflicted, shirt. <laughs> in my opinion, he had the most conflicted storyline in, in inner inner dialogue, everything that he's dealing with, because he doesn't know who he is. His first meeting with his with his host, uh, DNA host, Superman, Superman sees him and there's almost a look of disgust when he realizes that he's a clone. And it's not quite discussed, but it's 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 not a warm embrace either. Yeah, no, I, I would and agree. And it that. immediately puts them at odds with each other. And then Superboy has to, is filled with this anger that he doesn't know how to deal with because he's dealing with emotion for the first time. He's like, uh, he's essentially an infant. Yeah, who can feel the full range of emotions. Yeah, basically, he's he's a six month old in a like sixteen year old's body. Um. And oh, that is such a, a unique storyline because then everything that he's dealing with, it makes sense why he has these anger issues. And yeah. they even show that how intelligent he is. So he has the ability to understand and learn, but he's still struggling to deal with life. And it's such a unique perspective that they put in the show. I loved, uh, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit further as we go, um, I loved when they brought match in um, and like match versus Superboy and like showing like this is the worst potential that you could have. Um, And like because of your DNA, like we helped kind of balance things out. But like it gave him that opportunity to have a choice versus being just this monster that just runs runs amok, Um, which I think I just think that Superboy has a very, very different flair, um, which I I think that was a great pick. Um, So good, good job. Casey, what about you, bud? See, I go back and forth here. So originally when the show came out, I was a huge fan of Robin and how he had to struggle with like thinking. He's like, oh, I'm the protege of Batman. I'm kind of the best, let's be honest. And then he struggles like, but I don't know how to lead a team. And he's like, I don't, why am I not in charge? And he kind of has to struggle with his own pride and put it aside. Um, Here more recently, as I've rewatched the show, I kind of tend towards Aqualad and having that struggle between two worlds like hey i you know have ties to this but i have to kind of let those go so that way i can become the best version of myself sort of situation so i uh i was literally as as levi was talking i'm like all right i thought i could peg levi's which i did and then Mm -hmm. i was like i know who you're going with and then you threw me the curveball of i liked robin first and i was like wait time out i thought he liked aqualad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and then you're like, but my sec, the more I watch it is Aqualad. I was like, okay, good. I'm like, so so for those of you guys uh, who are out there, these are two of my best friends. Um, I love these guys, and I try to try to like mentally peg them uh, whenever I ask questions because I like to know what if they can get it. I love hanging out with these guys. I like to uh, try and get in their heads and whatnot. So um, I just wanted to know if I could get you uh, or not with with who your favorite is. Um, I love that you chose Aqualad. Um, and Robin, um, because personally, I go with Robin and Kid Flash. Um, I think Kid Flash is just 
he is he's probably the most like he's the Barney Stinson of this show. Like I feel like he, in in his first season he matures so well. Um, like there's these heartfelt moments uh for for KF that he, it just really hits home. And then I love the growing into the leadership for Robin. Um, because there's this moment where he says, you know. I lead on Santa Prisca and I'm not great at this. Um, didn't you guys follow my lead? Didn't you see the clues? Didn't you see this? And like, he's, he's like dropping breadcrumbs, but he's not really, he, he hasn't worked well enough with them long enough that they would know that. And then he hands it to Aqualot. And then like later they say, you were born to lead this team, but you will, you'll take it over later. Um, and I'll, I'll yeah. carry this burden. And I, I love the, the intertwinings of how some of this works. It's really, really cool with that. Um, anybody but, else kind of just break their heart for uh for Dito when uh, if Flash keeps the souvenir of the backpack uh, instead of the uh instead of the, the scepter, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, that that got me right in the feels. It he, was he kept the cane, but then the souvenir is he's like, no, no, this, and so that means he somewhere he's just got a sword cane. Just <laughs> <can't> <laughs> he's just got a. I think that it would have been familiar. really cool if, like, in season two, like, if we go and, like, look in their apartment, like, when they do the, the showing of their apartment and all that, you just see the cane up against a wall or on the wall or something like that, like, the scepter. I was – that would be like cool. behind a door. Just, yeah, just – That would have been cool. Just something, like, just a small hint. Now we're going to have to go back and watch season two for this. Um, we got to find <laughs> it. So, which mentor-to-mentee relationship was your guys' favorite? Um, I'll go ahead and I'll start with mine. I think um, out of all of them – I mean, it, it's going to be kind of one of those weird things um, because not all of them are going to be the direct mentor. Um, a lot of the Justice League mentored. Um, for season one, I got to say that uh, I liked the Black Canary to Superboy mentoring. Um, I thought that was really good and how she looked out for him, um, especially with when they when uh, Miss Martian kind of wrecks the simulation and all that. Uh and and sh and Black Canary comes in and starts to really work on him and says, "Okay, you've got anger. I'm here when you're ready. I'm here because I know that you're going to need it, and not everybody's going to have your back. And I've got your back. Um, and it was it was really cool that even though like Miss Martian dresses up as her and then kisses Superboy, and it makes it really really weird and awkward for that moment. Like she doesn't hold that against the kids. Um, she like she's like, okay, don't do that again, but like." it's a, it's okay. I'll, we can move past it. Um, and she just, she loves on those kids. And I love, uh, how black canary was really used in that first season. Um, what about you, Levi? Uh, I do really love that, that, uh, Superboy black canary, because again, it comes back to what I say. This isn't my favorite mentorship, but it, I wanted to touch on that. Uh, because again, with Superboy in his anger issues, he's essentially feeling the emotions of a teenager with less, experience life experience than all the other teenagers and the one thing that he really needed was someone to help him understand what he was feeling which black canary helped him with in a way that he had never uh been helped before but personally the mentorship that i think i like the most is green arrow and artemis because he gives her something that she never had a good father figure he trains with her, he encourages her, and gives her so much more than just train, 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 but is going, you're doing really well. That was that was amazing. I want to play off that real quick. I think it's getting even more intimate the more, or in like, 
not like in a weird way, but like it, it's becoming more of that father figure. The more that this show has gone on, and they keep adding oh, more yeah. layers, like it's like, wow, her life sucked before she met Ollie, and like, like it just keeps getting better and better. How much that he like before loved she on her. joined the team, she was absent father who had made her and her sister train for years, a mother who was also used to be a a villain and went straight and is living in a wheelchair and trying to get her daughter to be better but struggling. Yeah. And then finally Green Arrow coming in going, you have potential. You seem to be a good person. I'd like to help you. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It really is. It's it's to see the daughter of two villains become a hero because one hero cared. Yeah. And I think that shows redemption. I think that that's one of those few, like, very underlining, very under-the-radar situations where you just see redemption that you don't have to follow your parents' footpath. And I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, it also shows redemption for Green Arrow, too, if you think about it, because his first protege, Roy, he fails. Yeah, he does. And so and... he comes back and learns how to be a better mentor instead of just dwelling on his mistake and not taking a new sidekick. Yeah. Yeah, and kind of that that. comes down to, like, um, in the comics, Batman didn't take a new Robin after uh, Jason Todd died for a while. Long time. And it's because he was dwelling on his mistakes. And instead of learning from them, just went, I'm not going to do it, and only did it because Tim Drake said, hey, you're... Batman. Batman, you're Bruce Wayne and I figured it out. I should be Robin. Which I'm going to side kind of forced. I'm going to side tangent that real quick. If you've watched season 3 of Titans, I love how they've they've handled Tim Drake in Titans season 3. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Um definitely go watch that. We'll we'll hit another episode eventually with with Titans, but uh they brought Tim Drake in and chef kiss. So, uh what about you, Casey? What do you uh who was your favorite mentor to mentee relationship? It's a weird answer, but Red Tornado to the entire team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I can get behind it. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, it's just Red Tornado had some sort of significant interaction with everyone on the team. And he's somebody who I don't feel like anybody counts him as a mentor because he's still kind of figuring out his whole deal because he's a robot, but he's got human, not emotions, but he's learning. So I think. He's, he's yeah. an android, which makes him android. different than a robot. He can feel yeah. human emotions, but is more so learning them. Yeah. I think, uh, and I'm going to play into this a little bit with some life. Um, you know, as a dad, uh, like my kid, Oliver, he's going to be, or he's, he just turned two. Um, and so with that, uh, like I'm learning through his eyes, uh, the world, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to do that. And I feel like that was kind of Red Tornado, like, hey, how do you interact? How do you do this? And he saw that, but then like they got to see him learn and we got to see him learn as well. So it was like Ollie gets to see me learn while I'm watching him learn. Like we're, we're both watching yeah. us grow each or each other grow up through this process. And I think it was, the, it was a parenting move. Um, I think that was by design, um, which I think is, yeah. is one of the coolest things. Doesn't red tornado even sort of say that in season one, when they ask him why he chose to do babysitting duty. And he's like, no, no, no. I wanted to understand you, and yeah. the only way to do yeah. that is to is to 
help you and mentor you and be there for you. And it helps me learn to be a better person and be a better human. Yeah. Yeah. It, it goes to show that the mentor mentee relationship can work both ways and not just the mentor teaching the mentee stuff the entire time. Yeah. That's and a cool I got to say, answer. I got to say, I also love that he always just calls them children. He's like, children. Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like a nanny. <laughs> children, children, where are you? Oh my gosh. That would have been great if he would have been able to like change the inflection a little bit. Children, <laughs> children, oh where are you, children? So, oh my gosh. That would be terrifying. Speaking of terrifying, let's talk about villains of this show. Um, You know, typically in cartoons, they don't really like give villains something to, to strive towards. They're, they're just kind of like, oh, we're hungry for power very shallow with villains uh in cartoons for a lot of different cartoons um they don't really like you have your favorite villain that the the hero faces off against but it's more so because of how it was uh done maybe some of the choreography but in young justice our villains like there's a secret society of villains called the light and they start employing mm -hmm. other villains to start doing their dirty work and they're they're doing all this this really cool stuff so from season one, remember season one, not not the full show because it, it does get much uh, bigger. Season one, who is your favorite villain and why? And let's start with Casey on this one. I I think I gotta go Cheshire. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Just to see well, one you can see that flips side coin of Artemis and Cheshire and Cheshire's just like, I'm just doing what dad taught us to do. Like, obviously, he left. I'm, I was trying to protect you. That's why I'm doing this. Not like, I want to conquer the world. I just needed to have some sort of outlet for my thing, and it, this is the way I decided to do it. She's constantly looking out for herself, and she does the exact opposite of what Artemis does to look out for herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that that's a great pick. Love that pick. What about you, <laughs> Levi? Um I can't narrow it down to one because so one of my favorite episodes is the episode where Kid Flash has to run the heart transplant to Queen Perdita oh. and Vandal Savage just being there and delaying it even by a couple minutes. And everything in that he does in the episode is just insane. And you can see how he as a villain, every time he shows up, is it's it's bad news. Other villains show up, it's like, oh yeah, a villain. He shows up, it's oh no. This is bad. But he's barely in that episode. Yeah. But I think my favorite villain or villains is Red Tornado's brother and sister when they take out the team just to take him home. Yeah. Uh it's what well, it was it was Red Torpedo and I don't remember the other one's name. Uh Red, Red Inferno. Inferno. Red Inferno, yes. And they single-handedly take out the team and it comes down to just Artemis having to save the day barely. Make, uh, causing an EMP to go off, but even then, it's it's them as villains was terrifying. Yeah, that that episode. I remember watching that when it first aired, and I was like, "This is not a kid show. This is not a kid show." 
Like uh, we'll, we will get to the episode that made me realize that. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite villains, and I think I think I'm gonna have to agree with you. I don't think there was just one. Um, I think one of my favorites that showed up in season one had to be Clary and the Witch Boy. Um, and Whoa. the reason I think I liked him so much was because it it showed you don't have to be smart to have power. Um, how many times did he like? do something or he would be he would question something and be like wait did i know that wait did this actually happen wait isn't that wait who are you and like like he kind of questions things and he's kind of a little stupid but like he has unparalleled power and it really just like out out of the blue i'm just like wait who are you like i love you because you're getting all your power from this interdimensional cat like lord of chaos and i i love the way that like he kind of pokes at the heroes and then like he's like oh no and then like just like portals out of there and i'm just like i i love like it's a chaos being and i love it um yeah the other ones uh and, and i guess it's it's i've got a top three with this one is i love riddler um and so seeing riddler mm, come in yeah that was really cool um and the way that everybody kind of picked on him and then he was the only one to escape in the chaos like it's just it's he's not even like really in there he just gets a mention and i'm like oh that was yeah. cool uh, and Black Manta. Black Manta kind of made me a little bit more afraid uh, for for the heroes in that episode. I was like, oh boy, like this guy really means business. Like one hero cannot take this guy. Like you would have to call a Justice yeah. Leaguer. Um, and I thought that was really cool to see that these heroes versus the villains. Like sometimes you're just not good enough by yourself. Um, yeah. Uh, honorable the mention. <laughs> yes. Uh, honorable mention. I'm gonna throw Bane. Um, I think Bane was, mm-hmm. was done very well. Uh, sometimes cartoons don't do Bane justice, and I think mm-hmm. Bane was done so well. Because, um, like, the Harley Quinn show that's currently out, um, Bane's kind of stupid. And I'm like, he is, like, intex- or in, uh, intellectually smarter than, like, 90% of the planet. Like, Yeah, his whole cool stick is he's brain and brawn. Like, that's, but, like, not at the same time. Yeah. I'm so like, while I like... So I I personally like the way that they portray Bane in the Harley Quinn show because they don't show him as, uh, like book smart. They show him as like emotion. They show him as emotionally intelligent. Yeah, which I think is a whole new type of like showing that type of intelligence in a villain to show that he has compassion. That like when they go to his prison, they're like, oh, he's like, oh no, yeah, no, this this isn't like to torture you. This is to help you improve as a person. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, it's the villain is trying what? And and I like that each time that they use a character, they take different takes. It's not always the exact same way. And and like with with Marvel, I'm gonna hop over real quick. Uh, with Marvel, like they did uh, the new Spider-Man series that had recently uh, aired. They did Craven, where he does like a uh, like a reality show, and he's got flying cameras around him and all that, and he goes on hunts. And I was like. Okay, like in today's world, I totally believe that. Now, when yeah. Spider-Man first came out in the 60s and, and Craven came into play, we didn't have that technology, so that wouldn't make any sense for him. But in today's culture, like, he adapted with the times, and I liked the way they kind of handled some of that. I didn't like his his outfit, but I liked kind of the, the take they went with him. Um, But, yeah, I, I, loved, I loved Bane, so I'm giving him honorable mention there. Um, So back to our heroes uh, – you know, we were talking about how at the end of the second episode, um, they get Mount Justice as their base of operations. What did you guys think of that? Um, 
did you guys like that uh because it was a new take instead of being up on the the uh uh the watchtower um or at the hall of justice or like having to deal with the bat cave or like uh the quiver um or anything like that like hiding in everybody's bases or do you guys like the fact that it was uh their own base um and levi we'll start with I, you, I liked that it was their own base that they kind of just gave them they're like oh yeah you'll have supervision from red tornado but this is yours. This is where you'll work out of. This is where you'll come for all your meetings. This is where you'll be deployed. For those of you that don't have homes, this is where you will live. And it was like, oh, okay. They, they've been given their own massive headquarters in Happy Harbor. Yeah. The I name of that. the town. It's this tiny little town in, what was it, Maine? Something like that. And it's tiny tiny little town and i love it because like they start going to school and no one questions where these like four kids came from they just kind of showed up well i'm like yeah okay i think it would have been really cool if like to answer that question they would have said oh we staggered them so like superboy went first and then like two weeks later miss martian came in because like then they could have answered some of that but yeah i i yeah. do i do laugh that like small town usa like doesn't doesn't even question and, and all of us we came from eaton so we probably wouldn't have even questioned if like four yeah. kids all would have came in at the same time exactly well and... wouldn't it have just been two because miss marshall oh yeah, yeah. it was two because was, was already going to gotham academy wally went to uh he was at yeah like key city he was or keystone keystone, keystone city. yeah but then another thing with it that I think is hilarious, the episode where all the adults vanish and then literally they're all coming in dressed as like teenagers, like Robin's there at one point, Kid Flash is there at one point, uh, I think Aqualad's there at one point, like everyone comes into the Happy Harbor High School and is like bringing kids with them and not a single other teenager is like, okay, what's up with this? Like that guy's clearly Aqualad. Like no <laughs> one questions it. It's clearly awkward. <laughs> like, I saw him. No one, all like, I, I saw him hmm. save me from a boat like five episodes ago. <laughs> We're all just like, ah, yes, more teenagers that have never been in this high school or in this town ever, just happen to be here when all of the adults go missing, and they're saving people. They're all homeschooled. That that's, that's the way. That they, they, everybody was was freaking out, and those kids were homeschooled. That's how I'm gonna justify that one. I mean. In all reality, Robin looked like he was homeschooled because anytime he showed up, he was wearing a black leather jacket and sunglasses. It's like, yeah, you, that's that's exactly what a fifteen-year-old homeschooled kid would think is cool. I, I love think, that. And I think we had a kid who wore that in our high school, and he was and a he homeschooled to... kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Casey? Did you like the uh, the headquarters being in Mount Justice or? Would I did. I thought it was a, a nice spin because what I'm used to is like Titan's Tower, that kind of stuff. So having something a little different, and especially like when they're like, "Oh, this is the old JLA headquarters," and they're like, "Well, doesn't the bad guys know about it then?" He's like, "Yeah, but the bad guys know we know about the place, so they don't think we." <laughs> I was just like, hiding in plain sight was cool. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Wally's hilarious. The bad guys know we know about the place, so they never think to look here. I loved, I think, yeah, I, I agree with that. But I think what I also loved is there were so many different points of access to get in and out. And, like, everything was kind of guarded and everything was done really well. So, like, uh, what I think it's the third episode when the uh, the 
the spot drops, like the land physically drops, so it becomes yeah. a ramp. Like that was really mm-hmm. cool, and uh, and to have all the different bedrooms, it it's really cool to see. Like, oh, like this is a fully functioning like apartment complex for superheroes. So like, if Robin say like Batman's on a mission in outer space, he can stay there. Um, if Kid Flash just needs a night out and he decides that it's too late to go home, he can he can st- now he wouldn't need that because he's super quick and he could jet through a port or one of the the uh portals and then boom tube yeah boom tube um yeah no that's not a boom tube <laughs> stop it i was about to say i was like that's not right uh this, i just wanted to yeah. see if you guys want to yeah. correct me this is going to kill us that we don't that we can't remember the the name of the portals that they use i know it's ah uh, yep because they have a pad in season two the the something pad anyways I'm going to keep moving forward. Levi, you're going to Google it for me. Um, yep. But I, I love how they just, everybody kind of gets a room. They all get their space. And then, like, in the main headquarters Zeta room. Zeta Tube. Zeta Tube. There Zeta we go. Zeta Tube. Thank you. Um, I think what I love really is, like, when we got to see Red Tornado's headquarters. Like, his room. Mm. And, like, oh, yeah. Because I was like, yeah. that's genius to hide it, like, right there in the computer. And, like, kind of have Where none a, of them can reach it. Yeah. I was like, that was that was really cool. I love just everything that was ever shown about it um with the kitchen and and like how it was uh they had a library with uh the the book that hides the the tunnel you know what i'm talking about yeah when, they, when they're running yep. through uh because robin's like there's gotta be a tunnel yeah it's the justice league there's got oh hey. <laughs> he's like you gotta you gotta pull the right book and it just happened to be and i was like that's it's very batman-esque um each hero kind of had their their little bit of touch on it um and I just I loved the way they did it. I don't think that I would have traded that for any other headquarter place. Um, uh, another thing with it, it we don't is touch on it. Oh, go ahead, Levi. Another thing with it is when you look at the size of the kitchen, it's a it's not like a small kitchen that's meant for like individual use. That's meant that's a big kitchen. That's for cooking for a lot of people, like a lot of people. Well, they had JLA, this... JLA had family meals before they went out on missions. Just like we're gonna sit down, and yeah. have spaghetti dinners, you know. But even even on top of that, I think it. the head, I think the headquarters was built in a way of it could have also been used as shelter for the town. Oh yeah, because yeah, like for one massive kitchen, and then you look at the main area. It was just this massive open cave. No, like. They could have had tons of things in there. They could have had more computers. They could have had vehicles. They didn't. They Justice League wasn't even using it for like storage. This was clearly something that, because they were using it in this town, I think they also set it up for a shelter for all of the citizens of Happy Harbor in case something happened and they needed to get them to safety. Yeah, I agree. I think that's I say- that's a great take. Go ahead, Casey. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I know we're talking season one, but I love how in season two you start to see a little bit more of the areas, like the grotto where they have the um, oh, like the memorial fallen to Fallen Hero and stuff. So I like how they essentially made Mount Justice their own as, yeah. as, as the time went on versus if this is just the JLA's old headquarters, we're just kind of here. No, this is our headquarters now, so let's make it our place. Yeah. And I think I that really happens like that. a little bit more with how how much more the team grows and how it becomes its own thing because instead of it being like oh well is this a temporary thing like at, by the time season two happens it's been at least five six years since the initial starting point of the team so I, yeah mm-hmm. i think that's i think that's great uh yeah, what did you guys sure. think about the moles 
uh, being on, on the team and the way that they kind of handled that and with uh, Red Arrow and, and whatnot. What did you guys think about the whole mole uh, thought process? So personally, I watching the moles unfold as the episodes went on and figuring out who like the uh, Miss Martian. Uh, oh, she's working for Queen Bee because she has to. There's uh, Superboy who may or may not be wanting to willingly work with uh, Lex, Luthor. Lex Luthor because he can gain that that full Kryptonian power through him. Uh, and then Artemis, who had loyalties to her father, uh, because and the way that she was raised and trained by him, and it was such a unique thing to have three separate moles. And pers personally, the thing that really kind of was like, "Oh wow, this is this is kind of crazy," is when we first hear Lex Luthor say one of the phrase words, and it's just "Red Sun." And immediately Superboy shuts down. Yeah. And it was kind of a, oh, maybe he can't control if he's a mole or not. And I it was and again, it was part of that he didn't know if he could control it. And he didn't know what Luthor might be able to make him do. So he was a very conflicted person, again, adding to everything with his character then being a potential mole on top must have been terrifying for him because the only people that have ever cared for him, he might be, he might betray them without wanting to. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be one of those things where you're like, you can't even control your thoughts or like, okay, am I actually in control or like, is someone else doing, pulling the strings behind me? Like, I feel like you would get really paranoid behind that. Like if someone could shut you down with just a word and then you don't know, okay, because, like, by the time that he says the word and then the time that Superboy wakes back up, it's probably been, what, two, three, four hours at least? When they, It when goes they from day it. to night or something. Yeah. Day to night, and then he wakes up, and Luthor's uh, tie is still in his hands. Yeah. Because he had grabbed his tie, he said, Red Sun, and then he woke up, and it was nighttime. It was, like, noon when they met. Yeah. It's like, that... That's crazy. And I know that like with with saving daylight savings times like out here in Oklahoma, um, it's dark by six. So if he met yeah. around noon, six, seven hours at least, because um, because the, the uh, it was like getting darker, like dark at that point. So, yeah, that's it blows my mind. Uh, my thoughts on the mole situation, I was equally I think it's really cool and equally frustrated with it at the same time, because. Every single one of the mole situations, I was like, if y'all would just talk to the team yes. or your mentor, this problem would probably go away. But then I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? For these guys, they're teenagers. And how many of us as teenagers don't want to talk to our parents or even our friends about stuff we're embarrassed about? Jordan, you said it with Superboy. Like, I can't control my own thoughts. Like, you're going through puberty. You got all these hormones ranging. You're like... Why am I thinking about this person that way? Like, that doesn't seem right to me, especially as we're all Christians. We all had that sort of situation. Like, am I supposed to feel this way? I don't know what's going on sort of situation. Yeah. And, and so any teenager was going to feel that way more so when, you know, you might have superpowers. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. It gets worse when you have these weird abilities that you so can't explain to super people. Super hormones are, are raging at that point, and you're trying to figure <laughs> it, figuring it all out. Yeah. Well, not only that, but like so, we're not here saving the world. So like you, you've got kids who are balancing family life, uh, figuring out who they are, trying to figure out mm-hmm. superhero stuff, school stuff, any type of jobs or whatnot. Um, cause you yeah. never know, like some of them may be working part-time jobs or something like that yeah. as well. So it's like, and you had, yeah, you had Miss Martian who's worried about her self-image to the team. Like, what if they don't because, like me? What if they yeah. don't? How many have gone through that? How many because people, how many kids? It's teenagers? even worse for her because for her, it wasn't just a, what if they think I look scary, look monstrous. It was, I am actively, there's prejudice against me on my home planet for being mm-hmm. a white Martian instead of a green Martian. There's actual yeah. racism that is like directed at me for being this type of Martian mm-hmm. and not knowing how her friends might react to her, not to like she, with everything she would have gone through with that. It's, it was kind of an interesting take because it was, they kind of put it in a way that they hadn't really touched on with superheroes too much of they, they brought up this issue of, yes, I'm a, different i'm not just an alien i'm an alien that is actively has a lot of prejudices against yeah and then the big one for me i mean with artemis familiar responsibility like how many have ever your parents have said hey dude we want you to do this we want you to go down this path Mm -hmm. and you're like but that's not for me but how do you how do you tell them that at that age you're like okay well i'm just gonna do what mom and dad says even if they are terrible parents yeah you don't know that that's just how you're you know and then to play off of that, Artemis was terrified that, oh, if I tell the team, the only friends I have, that, hey, my dad is te- is a uh, uh, sportsmaster and my mom used to be Huntress. Or not mm-hmm. Huntress. But, yeah, uh, Huntress. Yeah, Huntress. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, both of my parents Sorry, are villains. Tigress. Tigress, yeah. Yeah, not Huntress. And like, yeah, that's how I, that's how I was trained uh, to do all of this, not by Green Arrow. She was so afraid that they would immediately go oh we can't trust you mm-hmm. because you for one because you've uh kept this from us for so long and two because you're the child of two villains yeah so the mole thing just literally there were so many different situations that teenagers when this show came out could have related to mm-hmm. wrapped in superhero storyline which was just amazing that's the one thing i love about this show there's so many things it's such a great coming of age story and so. then the final mole kind of threw us all. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I, see, I didn't that. see that coming at all. The very end, Roy know. being happy and then just placing the, the, the little Starotech on Batman. And you're like, wait, Roy was the real mole? Roy! <laughs> Red Arrow! No! No! And yeah. That was insane. I, uh, I remember watching these as they were coming out. And I, I mean, I watch them pretty much every year. I try to run through it at least once. Um, but I, I love the show. I think that uh, my favorite, like you were talking about with Miss Martian, like I, as, as you were talking about it, I love hers because it shows insecurities. Um, like for me personally, I get insecure about certain things. And when I start to like I overanalyze, I overthink and then it makes it worse. And I just um, Casey and I were talking about this uh, a f- few months back um, when we were talking about. Uh, my job and and how uh, I love being out here in Oklahoma but sometimes I just it gets in my own head and like uh, I start to overthink things I want to be that perfectionist and then like 
if I don't do mm-hmm. something to my level of what I want it to look like, then uh, I get frustrated and I, I, I strive harder and harder. And he said, you know, this is it's, it's a problem that you have, but it's also one of your greatest strengths. Um, is that you go back and you start to, to make it all the better and you're pushing out better product than than what most people your age are, are pushing out. And I think like I relate really well to her, um, not from a racist standpoint, because I feel like this definitely handles racism very, very well. And the more that uh, the seasons go by, um, it definitely handles it better, especially now that we're in season four and they're really hitting it with the first so many episodes. Um, yeah. But I think that like she has insecurities. We all have insecurities about something. Um and for her, like, I'll be honest, she's an alien. They don't care what color she is because she came in as green. That's not really mm-hmm. like something you're going to typically see on a human being. Um, yeah. You see reds, yellows, blacks, whites. Um, you don't see green. Uh, and so, and she was, like, and like, a lot of it comes down to she didn't know that. She, yeah. she was used to only being only having that prejudice against her because of being a white Martian. Because she was a white Martian. And when she came to, to Earth, like, I'll be honest, as a white Martian, she probably would have been better presented um, versus th- than the green solely because they would have been like, wait, I thought you were green. Oh, like nobody. No big deal. Like you're an alien. Like you could have been like chartreuse for all we care. Like like the fact that you're an alien yeah. is what blows our mind, not what color your, your skin is. Um, and I love that the insecurities and some of that and how she overcomes some of that um, as the show goes and progressively gets better and better and better. Um I love the way that they handled that. And I feel like it was a way to hit racism without actually like slamming racism. Um, without uh, fully saying this is racism. It was, Hey, this is something that we're addressing for a younger crowd and showing that she is dealing with this, but we're not going to come right out and say it. It's, yeah. it's prejudiced is what it is. Yeah. And, and that's what racism really is. And I like their, solution that they show in the show is let's just sit down have a conversation and get to know each other and once we know each other's hearts it doesn't matter what color your skin is or what type of alien you are what whatever the prejudice might be it doesn't matter let's get to know each other yeah and there that's why the whole when uh, she finally shows her true form as a towering massive monstrous looking uh white martian everyone else is kind of like whoa, we didn't expect that. And the only person that doesn't react is Superboy. And it's because he's like, yeah, no, I, I knew when we linked minds back when you yeah. fought Simon, I knew then. And that's fine. Yeah. I figured if you wanted me to know, you would let me know. And I, I love how yeah. Superboy in that moment is so open arms. He's like totally okay with it. And, and he's just like, like you said, when you're ready, you let me know. Um, and for him, it, it was, uh, I don't care. Who, I, I care about who you are as a person, not about what you look like as a Martian. Yeah. And I, I think. And do that... you think he could relate to some of that being as how he's a clone and he doesn't really have a place either? Oh, for sure. You guys think that was part of it? I, th- I think that he's... was their, their coping mechanism that brought them together. Like that was their like, because. Yeah. Because I feel like oftentimes we find those bonds with people. We have a traumatic experience. We have um, something that happens to us that that brings us closer together. And I I really think that that was their their moment for them to to get together. Um, yeah, was was through some of that. Um, but for Red Arrow, uh, totally caught me off guard. Yeah, that yeah, one. threw everybody off. We're like, wait, I no. Well, I think what was 
really cool about that was how they said your sole drive in life was to make it to the Justice League so we could we could infiltrate. And then like that happens and then from there he has to figure out what's going to happen next and and in future seasons like they they address it. But imagine having to go through life knowing now I'm a clone. There's a mm-hmm. real version of me somewhere else and yep. I betrayed the Justice League with a snap of a finger and yeah almost like, brought them down single-handedly yeah he brought them down single hand like blows my mind like well and then the other thing is you spend this whole your whole life with this purpose and drive and this is the one thing you were created to do and you accomplish it and what, you find now out what? it wasn't even yeah. your what next that's what do you the, do now totally totally threw me and you i have no I, drive no purpose no nothing so and he had to later seasons we he figures it out he has to figure out who he wants to be and that's what i loved about him in season three yeah oh yeah well when he's like yeah i'm not a hero anymore i own a security company we're gonna we're gonna hop on that when we hit season (laughs) season three episode uh but but yeah for future stuff make sure to to keep up with us we're we're gonna be pushing out more young justice content because this is some of our favorite stuff to talk about so uh what was your favorite episode in season one and why um casey we're gonna start with you bud Oh, favorite episode. That's such a tough question. Um, I think it's got to be the Dr. Fate when they go to the tower. Oh, yes. Great episode. episode. 100%. I love, and Halstead, you talked about this earlier, the the character development of Wally and that, you know, doesn't believe in magic. It's all science. Science is how he controls the world. He doesn't believe in magic. Doesn't he's a player? He doesn't really like girls or anything. And then he's like, "Nope, find your own Spitfire." And then later you see him and spoiler alert, Artemis like get together and stuff. And you're like, mm, "So good." There's so many good things that came out of that episode from a, a veteran hero, and that's what I really liked. Absolutely. Yeah. That and that that episode I think was really really cool because you got to see the Tower of Fate and the mm-hmm. magical side um i feel like we sometimes are too shy to hit the magical storytelling um anymore cuz i think it's not always done well um you know yeah. you've got you've got a very big christian audience um uh, where magic is mm-hmm. is often it's of the devil and not a beautiful storytelling and beautiful way like if you didn't claim it as magic and it just was like you're just seeing these wonderful visual effects and like hey this is just kind of how things happen if you just claimed it like that i don't think there would be as much pushback but because of magic um with that word i don't think that christians often like to talk about it but you've got a huge huge christian audience uh that that backs these kinds of things and that one episode like with the dimension doors and then like oh we never told them who we actually are and then they go in and they say we're here to help and then like the lava turns really like cool to the touch and then they open Mm -hmm. the hatch door and they're like no the backdraft and then like they like it like turns 90 degrees so like they they walk through the door but then like they're walking onto uh the ice and i I was like that was really cool and like just the the visual effects on it i thought yeah the multi-dimensional yes massive building that should not physically cannot exist or be held up yes yeah Yeah. and it's a shout out to the animators of young justice guys appreciate it oh yeah beautiful animation uh and then going off with that it's it's also the first episode that we really see wally do something selfless 
Mm. He's a hero. He fights. He he does what he what he needs to 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 get the job done. But then he sees the only way we're going to win this is if someone makes the sacrifice and puts the helmet on. Foreshadowing. And he yeah, and he and he he does it. He puts the helmet on and it. He he knows that there's a chance that he may never be able to get away from it. Yeah. And it's uh it's a big sacrifice that this teenager made yep to yeah. save so many people and it, it it's amazing yep that that one really was a good episode like your pick casey good good pick levi what about you, you bud uh actually because of, as as casey said the foreshadowing kind of leads directly into my favorite episode uh right after uh right after uh Oh, I can't remember his name. Zatanna's father finally, like, he Zatara. puts the helmet on in Zatara after he becomes Dr. Fate. And Zatanna moves into the, uh... Mount Justice? The, the mount, into Mount Justice. The episode, Secrets, where... Oh, yes. yeah. where Artemis and Zatanna go out to just, like, kind of hit the town. On Halloween do patrols. Night. Yeah. And just because they needed to get away, they both needed to get away, it, like blow off some steam. And there's this one villain. He's a villain for one episode, and we never see him again. And it's, uh, he was able to like claim this sword that you had to be pure of heart to be able to, uh, pure of heart to be able to we to wield. But it wasn't. You didn't have to be pure good, and he was pure evil. And you find out throughout the, the episode that, oh, he murdered his little sister to be able to wield the power of the sword. And that is the episode that I went, this is not a show for kids. This <laughs> no. is so dark. Yeah. Holy crap. I was it, it blew my mind at the end where you see her, the grave that he dug her in their backyard. Secret. And it's a shallow grave. Secret. Oh. Mm-mm. Nope. Yep. That it was <laughs> no. it was a creepy episode. You never knew what was going on until the very end, and you're like, oh, oh wow. Yeah, yeah but it was so, so well much done, darker than not, expected. Like, gore or anything like that, no. or like any real any direct like, hey, I did it. Like, no, it was. But it it. I don't even know if you went, until they like basically straight up said, "Hey, I'm the sister." Like, no one even like that. There were so many missing points, and then like they just brought it all together and tied it in one big knot. And you're like, "Wait, time out! I got to go back and rewatch this episode because I need to now see all the points." And then you start to see some of the clues that they were like the breadcrumbs that they were dropping for you. Yeah, yeah, that episode was done very, very well. And it it, it was such a well done episode, and it also wasn't an episode that was like the whole team going on a mission. It wasn't a big, uh, overarching story arc. It was like, oh yeah, no, this pertains to everything with the main story of the show. This was just a side episode, well, to show two characters bonding. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think the story that it plays into is between Artemis and and Zatanna yeah. and to help build some of that because then they play into that a lot uh, later on. Later on in the, um, in the seasons and showing their yeah. friendship, how they're still such close friends. And granted. That in itself is a beautiful story, but it didn't. That episode didn't give anything to the storyline of season one, except this is these two becoming friends. Yeah, and it gave Zatanna an episode 
with the team or like with a team member, like more more Zatanna time. Um, yeah, I love that episode as well because uh, who was it? Was it Marvin? Um, he he had the oh the Martians are coming and then like they're all oh, freaking yeah. out and then like they really screw with him. <laughs> yeah oh yeah forgot because it's halloween yeah, it's so Halloween, show. and so they yeah they, uh had the halloween party and all that i thought that was great uh yeah i gotta say one. my favorite um and i'm so gla- grateful that we didn't have like overlapping on this one because there's so many good episodes when you got 26 it's kind of hard to choose when you love the first season like there's really not a bad episode in here yeah um i loved episode 24 uh performance and it was the episode where they join Haley's circus uh, oh, that such a one, good episode. Uh, oh my gosh. So so here's here's my reasons why. One, it was cool to see uh them kind of using their powers in not just superhero uh like fighting villainy or like doing like superhero tasks. Um because I feel like if I had superpowers, I may be a superhero, but I'd like use my I would find a job specifically so that my my powers could like help me get uh the job done really well. Um, and in this, like they, they were talking about, oh, we're feeling sick, but I had to use my powers to help me, uh, do some acrobatics or, Hey, we like, you see Superboy like literally carrying two massive, uh, like canisters and he like chucks them up in the air to, yeah, he's supposed to be a strong man. He's he's a strong man. (laughs) Um, and I, I love the way that they kind of played into it so that like their superpowers really did help them. Um, but the thing that I think really dragged me in on this episode was how much backstory it did for Robin. Um, and mm. I feel like it kind of helped with some closure. It helped uh, with a lot of that. And to see Parasite not used just against Superman, to see him kind of used in yeah. in a different way, I loved that. And Parasite was not a character. Like, there are so many villains in this show that you would never see screen time on um, with some of these guys. It's it's not someone that you would use, and not to be done well. Um, it, like, I know Parasite, I think, was on Supergirl, Um I don't yeah. really watch a lot of Supergirl uh, just because I think it, it got too political for me. Um, but when you look at some of these, like they are touching certain topics, they're touching uh, like uh, later seasons. They they uh, they hit some politics. They hit um, different political issues. They talk about racism and prejudice. They do they do all these different things throughout these seasons and they do everything really well. And then here um, they're bringing such great storytelling um, and there's there's really not bad episodes, especially in season one. Um, it is done so so well, and I loved it. Um, but I just I wanted you guys uh, to to hear my portion because I just that's one yeah. of my all time favorites. Oh yeah, on um, that episode, Halsted, two of my favorite things that episode shows is the relationship between Wally and Robin. Oh mm-hmm. yes, Wally calls Robin. He's like, "Hey, how's the circus?" And he's like, "Yeah, good." And he's like, "You need to talk. Like, do you need to talk about what?" Like, is that bringing back bad memories from whatever? Well, and he's like, yeah. oh, I'm good. So here, here's what I love even more so is he didn't call him and say, hey, how's the circus? He said, hey, heard you're on a mission, except for there yeah. is no mission. What's going on? And yeah. like he calls his crap out. And I'm like, yeah, he calls him out on it. It was great. And, and I think yeah. like even with us three, um, when you have friends that are that kind of close, like you can call each other's yeah. crap out and you're not going to be offended. You're you were like, OK, they genuinely yeah. love me. They, they care about me. And it just. It really brought that together, and uh, all the yeah. guys here on Nerd Talk—that's kind of the relationship that I have with each of you guys. Yeah. Um, and I love that. a friend loves you the way you are, but a true friend won't let you stay that way. Absolutely, they will strive to make to sure you improve. get better. Wants to make sure yeah. you're okay. Yeah. The other favorite moment is when Haley 
Rollins is talking to Robin. He goes, I was around the Flying Graysons for years. I know one when I see one. He like He's like, you're not a danger. You're a dick. Like, I know you. Like, I've seen you perform before. Like, I get it. Like, no. And I'm like, I love that he cared so much about the Grayson family that he honestly knows that based on that performance, who that is. I think that comes down to uh, the mentality of it's more than just a job. It's it's family. Yeah. Um, oh, it, yeah. I think that that it. Yeah. Like you said, it was that was done really, really well. So um, my last question for you guys uh, on this episode is if you could have any other hero in season one's team um, or shake things up at all. Who would it be and why? Um, I'm going to go ahead and take this one first. Um, I really don't think I would have done too, too much different. I think if I was going to add anybody, it might be Raven. Um, I think that Raven could have brought something a little bit different, but Miss Martian kind of handled that. Um, I'm hoping to see Mm -hmm. Raven. um, As we record, um, it's November, um, but... But as we're recording, um, we haven't seen her yet, but we've seen Cyborg and uh, Beast Boy and then Robins. We've seen all of them. So I'm hoping to see um, some more original like Teen Titans from the era that we grew up cartoon wise. Um, I'd like to see Mm -hmm. some of them, but I think she would have done really well. um, And they could have done some some more of that. And I honestly would have brought in Zatanna earlier. Um, I feel like they, they held her off too long. And then by the time season two happened, she's already on the Justice League and and all that. So, um. But those are the the two that I would have I would have rather seen in there. What about you, Casey? Hmm, that's a tough one because of all the people that bring in they bring in in season two. There's a lot of those guys that I really like, and that I would probably have brought in earlier. One that stands out would have been um, Cassie. Ooh, yeah, Wonder Girl. Yeah, Wonder Girl. I feel like that could have been a cool situation have another sort of hot hothead but like female on the team versus or like donna troy like yeah or donna troy donna troy could have been cool um i also think guardian bringing him in earlier would have been cool like the mal duncan guardian or if you would have had what was his uh what was his comic book um he was the the instrument guy um you know what i'm talking about he he had the yeah um oh that's gonna drive me crazy it's all good Oh, i can't remember um but yeah, he he was another hero at one point, and so but yeah, having Mal Duncan suit up sooner or or Bumblebee showing up. Bumblebee, yeah, yeah. What yeah, about you, Levi? Been... So, like, I like that they introduced Mal Duncan in season one as just another high school student. They introduced Bumblebee as a high school student before they became anything with the team and did anything with uh, being superheroes. And it was really cool. Um, I personally think they... I would have liked if they had brought in, like, Terra earlier. Uh, You know, because it's it's Beast Boy and Terra. Like, they... It would have been amazing for them to bring in uh, Terra, at least referenced in Season 1. There's there's so many characters that they could have brought in, but they... They didn't, and they did it for specific reasons, so that way there would be more oh, wow, they brought them in in the next couple seasons. Uh, obviously, like you said, Raven would have been an amazing choice. And I don't know. There's It's it's hard to pick because I'm I gonna, think they did it really well with I'm gonna who they add, brought in. I'm going to add one that I just thought about and doing a teenage version of this hero, Kyle Rayner. I think Kyle Rayner yeah. would have been an amazing mm. fit on that team. Uh, like as yeah. a, like 
even if he was like 16, 17 years old and like, like maybe he just moved out of his mom's house and like, he's trying to find a place and he like, he's a struggling artist or whatnot. Um, things like that. Like that would have been really cool, um, to have him on the team. Yeah, for sure. So, and personally, I, I don't know who I would add just because I think they did the dynamic very well and adding too many adding more people in season one to the team would have thrown off the dynamic and the balance that they had and they needed uh, at that point, because they were supposed to reflect very well the original justice league. Yeah. They were supposed to reflect the justice league instead of, whereas we know that the justice league has a lot of members, a lot of members, but the original team was just a small handful of, of heroes. And that's what season one was supposed to reflect. A small handful of heroes getting the job done. Yeah. And then we see in later seasons, obviously, as the team grows, they have uh, Alpha Squad, Beta Squad, uh, Omega Squad, all that stuff. Because they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're sending you all on different missions because we have enough people that it's we have we can we they have essentially three teams same size as the original team yeah so I, they're able to do so much more and i think it, it was more impactful in season one these brand new this brand new team being as small as it was yeah i think that's why the story was better and they could move forward with big teams because you've already established um and then by the time season two happens you've set the presidents that hey there's five years in between they've grown they're now taking on new mantles they're doing all these different things i, I yeah we've got I, nightwing we've got red robin we've got well Aqu- sorry he wasn't red robin at that point he was still just robin and then uh you have aqualad who kind of becomes well we'll get to that later so yeah. but anyways uh guys thank <laughs> you so so much for joining me um listeners happy new year we appreciate uh everything that you guys do with us and we are so so excited to see what 2022 brings us Uh, but we really wanted to make sure that we started this year off right with one of our favorite episodes um and with our favorite uh tv season so guys thank you so much again uh listeners make sure you check out our tiktok page um our instagram and facebook and like and listen for more uh news and more episodes to come thank you guys we'll talk to you later next time on nerd talk Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yay!